You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. This morning we celebrate what's called Trinity Sunday, and it falls between what I call the three power feasts that kind of conclude the Easter season and kind of shoot us into ordinary time. And so we celebrated last week, and of course, Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Today, we celebrate Trinity Sunday, and then next weekend, it will be Corpus Christi. We celebrate the Eucharist, God being with us until the end of time, the promise he made at the end of Matthew's gospel. And so I think Trinity Sunday gets a little bit of a short shrift. When we think of the Trinity, obviously we think of God, right? His nature and the Trinity. And we don't really have that same oomph as we might have in the sense of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit being filled or the strength of the Eucharist that we can receive every day if we so choose. And then we think of the Trinity, it's like, blah, it's God. Of course we know God as a Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So why do we have this one feast between these other two that we get? And part of that is because of history. We don't really connect with our history because it is a great celebration that we don't always really consciously look at. And our society has a problem with history right now, by the way, huh? You know, we do have a putting things in proper context and thinking of, you know, what was done maybe 50 years ago was done in a different cultural context. And so we condemn people today because they did something 50 years ago that maybe today would be, you know, offensive and we don't really put it into the right place. Well, in this feast day, we Christians need to put it into proper perspective, historical context. And so when we look at what was happening in the Old Testament before the coming of Christ, we know our salvation history, but there was a different image of God than we have. We've grown up with understanding the Trinity because it's all we've ever known because it was revealed before we were born. A lot of people in history did not live with an understanding of the Trinity and what its import is. And the image of God in the Old Testament was one of a taskmaster. It was one of an exacting God. It was one of a punishing God. It was one of a God to be feared and not feared in the good way. And we still need that element of the understanding of God as salvation history unfolded. We still need to fear, so to speak, of doing wrong because of the consequences that it will have. But when we think of the taskmaster of the Old Testament and when the Israelites entered the promised land, by the way, that was Joshua leading the people there and and telling them, you know, are you gonna be with God or be with these foreign gods with a small g? They said, we're with God. He said, well, okay, but you better be careful because if you're gonna pledge to it, he's a jealous God, he's an exacting God. He is to be feared and he will punish and there will be consequences for not following his commands. And so in the Old Testament, they were living under the covenant of blessing and curse. If you do right by God and follow his commands, you will be blessed in the land. And if you do not, then you will be cursed in the land. But even in the Old Testament, there were places where God tried to reveal his love, that love of neighbor, love of him, but we kind of didn't get it. 
And that's why the Pharisees are used very much as an example in Jesus' lifetime of changing, hopefully, the mindset of people because the Pharisees, all they worried about were the commands. They weren't worried about the heart. They were worshiping commands, not God. And so as long as they followed the rules, checked the boxes, they were okay. That wasn't good enough for God on two levels. First, he wants us all, but secondly, he wants us all to know of his love for him. So he sends his son. And that's new. What Jesus preaches is new. As we work through in our daily masses, the Sermon on the Mount, we see Jesus saying many, many times, it was told to you in the past this, but I say this. Example, as many of you know, maybe one that all are familiar with, he says, say in the past that you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you lust, then you have committed adultery in the heart. And so the new revelation of Christ is not one of the exacting God to be feared, the father who's the stern disciplinarian and the mean guy, so to speak. What Christ wants us to understand is the father is Abba Father. St. Paul calls it Abba. And that's translated a little better as Papa or Daddy. A more friendly relationship. And indeed, Jesus himself tells us that he no longer calls us servants. He calls us friends. And that we're his friends if we do what he commands us to do. So there's an edge to it. There are conditions to discipleship and we're, we'll explore those in Luke's gospel over the, in the coming weeks. And they are exacting and they are demanding, but it's one of friendship. And then the gift of the Holy Spirit to do for us what we can't do for ourselves, being filled with the grace and the power to live a life as Christ taught us because it is a narrow path and it's difficult. Anybody who says living the Christian or Catholic life is easy, I don't think is doing it right. Not to say that it can't be joyful and it can't be good, but it's not easy, particularly in a culture that may be hostile to the values that we have and doesn't support us, but that's okay. Many people have lived under much more difficult circumstances than we have. And Deacon Sammy says, whenever we talk about martyrs, you know, he, he, does, he lost his leg, his lower leg, and whenever we have one where a martyr died in a way that was pretty bad, like say a beheading, you know, Sammy will say, well, at least I have my head, you know, unlike them. So, you know, yes, there are difficult times in, in some subtle ways and not so subtle ways that the culture attacks the values that we have as Christians and as Catholics. But at the same time, it's a whole different image of God. And that's what we rejoice in. We rejoice in the fact that God doesn't want to condemn us. He wants to save us, as Jesus tells us. That's why he came into the world and he's willing to do everything for us. It's a relationship of love not a relationship of fear. And so we shouldn't fear God, we should revere God and what he has done for us and his willingness to do it for us, including sending his son in our nature to show us precisely how we were supposed to live, both in word and in deed. And then as Jesus says, going, he goes back to the Father and then he sends his spirit who will remind us and teach us everything we need to know and will empower us to do it. And that's love. God has given us everything, and that's what we celebrate. That's why we celebrate Trinity Sunday. Sure, we celebrate God every Sunday, but today we celebrate that revelation of a relationship of love as opposed to a relationship of fear. And that is a game changer. That's the game changer 
that all of the ancient writers, all of the apostles saw as the good news that God's intention, his disposition is for us to be restored to true happiness, to, for us to be restored to the way he originally intended us to be at the beginning and that he was willing to do anything, including to die for us in order for that to happen. We talked about God's disposition during Lent. And then we also talked about the fact that, okay, what's our disposition? And that's where it really comes into play. He is willing to empower us by the gift of the Holy Spirit in order to have a disposition geared towards hope, geared towards salvation, if we permit him to do it. And so we rejoice in the active living God. In the Old Testament, the way they looked at it was, God just sat up on a throne and punished us when we did wrong and blessed us when we did good. Now we have Jesus coming into the world and preaching, particularly in the bread of life discourse, that we have an active and living God among us and within us. God is active in our lives and is willing to do whatever it takes if we're willing to let him do it within us. And we ourselves simply have to accept the gift that God wants to give to us in order to live a life in true peace. But he knows it's not easy. He showed us that it wasn't easy for him in his death, but ultimately, of course, his resurrection, which is what he wants for us. A death to sin, a death to death, but then life in him. And so we celebrate Trinity Sunday today, not because we're necessarily celebrating God of all time, although we do, we do that every Sunday. We celebrate it because of the revelation of the relationship of love that he has for us. And then we have to sit back and maybe wonder, how do we respond? What is our disposition? Are we willing to accept the conditions of discipleship, the conditions of friendship that Christ wants to have with us? And where we're not, that's what we work on each year, trying to get better and better, to be better friends with Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can ultimately be reunited with God, as I said, in the way he originally intended us to be and created us to be.